الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا كتب عليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الكيس من دان نفسه وعمل لما بعد الموت والعاد من أتبع نفسه هواها وتمنى على الله أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected Allah my kiram, brothers and elders <coughs> One person was extremely busy and very very concerned very occupied all the time just making some call double checking on something whether it was completed or not so he was really preoccupied sorting something out so somebody asked him that you are really for the past couple of days I'm observing you that every time we see you you are in busy with something or the other something is really happening so he says, well, there's a very big function taking place very soon and I have to be prepared for it. And then he expressed something which, mashallah, is a very good lesson. He said, I live by the motto of the five Ps. So what is this motto of the five Ps? So his motto of the five Ps which he lives by in terms of his business, in terms of his other matters now this one function was coming up so he was going by this and what is his motto of the five P's so he said well prior proper prior preparation prevents pathetic performance I think become six maybe the six points or the six P's now so he said proper prior planning prevents pathetic performance so now he was planning in detail and preparing properly in detail for this function that was to take place so that everything must go very smoothly, there must be no hitches, there must be no problems of any sort, there must be no embarrassment to him that now something was not in order or the guests that came, they were not happy about something or the other. So he's going to the last detail in order to ensure that everything goes very well. So while this person might have been doing it in a more dramatic manner, he had a motto that he was following, he had this target in his mind that there must be proper planning for everything. Generally, by and large, in terms of dunya, to some extent or the other, we all live by this motto. That for our dunya, we all prepare in some way or the other, and well in advance, and to some detail as well because we want everything to go very well we want the objective of what we are planning for to be achieved yet somehow when it comes to deen then the same doesn't seem to be the case very often that prior planning that prior preparation having the objectives in mind being conscious of what outcome we are looking for and working towards that outcome. Very often in deen, that is something that 
doesn't happen the way it should happen. It's just ad hoc. It's just, well, as it comes, we'll take it as it comes. But when it comes to dunya, we don't take it as it comes. A person has some business issue, he plans well in advance. He has some domestic matter, he plans well in advance. Nobody goes by it, let it come, as it comes, we'll see. So in this light of this motto of this person, and what we also all generally do, there's a very, very big occasion, and very big function of some sort, that is to come, that is already on our doorstep, that we are already almost witnessing, and that is the Mubarak month of Ramadan. Now for many a person, well, the month is coming, it will come. And indeed the month will come, whether we will still be here, we have no idea. The month will come. And as long as Qiyamah doesn't dawn, which is, obviously there are many, many things, and a long time for all those things to transpire, which have been mentioned in the Qur'an Sharif, in the Ahadith, before those things transpire, then Qiyamah will come. Allah knows best when that will be, how many centuries from now, whatever the point is. So that will, till Qiyamah, Ramadan will keep coming. Every 12 months Ramadan will come, the 12th month will be Ramadan, meaning in that cycle. But whether we will be here, we have no idea. We have no idea about this month as well, this month of Ramadan. But we have that hope, and we do yearn for that, which we were taught by Rasulullah to have that yearning for the month of Ramadan. Where from two months in advance, from the time the, month, the moon of Rajab used to be sighted, Nabi Islam used to express this yearning. Allahumma barik lana fi Rajab wa Sha'ban wa balighna Ramadan. Allah grant us barakat in the months of Rajab and Sha'ban. Enable us to reach the month of Ramadan. Take us there. Enable us to witness this Mubarak month. Enable us to receive its blessings. Now that's teaching us a yearning. The thing to look within ourselves is to what extent are we yearning? To what extent are we excited that this Mubarak month is coming? When a person is excited about something, then he is eagerly waiting and he is doing what, it is, what is necessary to really receive it well and to make the best of it. Unfortunately, by and large, our situation is, when it comes, we'll see. When it comes, we'll take it as it comes. But for dunya, we don't take it as it comes. For dunya, there's detailed planning, there's consultations, there's even people consulted at a fee, we pay for that fee, we pay for that consultation, for that advice, because we want to get it done right. And we want to get the maximum out of it. But the month of Ramadan, take it as it comes. So that is something which is very, very, it's a very great deprivation that we don't then achieve what is supposed to be achieved in the Mubarak month. This Mubarak month of Ramadan, which is on our doorstep, what are we supposed to be preparing for? What is supposed to be this planning all about? To start off with, we have to have that objective in front of us. A person is starting off a business, what is the purpose of that business? Is the purpose of that business to entertain friends who will come to visit him there? If that is his purpose, then he's totally lost out. He'll close the doors before he opens it. Unfortunately, many a times, Ramadan is like an entertainment time. We'll invite this person also for iftar, we'll invite that person maybe for iftar, after iftar, after taraweeh, We'll invite this person, maybe for nowadays we hear about seri parties, where we are going and what Allah, Allah knows best where we're going to finish off in this manner. So, like this person who decides to open a business in order to entertain his friends in the business. 
See, this person doesn't know what business is all about. Entertaining is a different place. He must do business in his shop, entertain people at home. Likewise, the month of Ramadan is not an entertainment time. The month of Ramadan already, there are some bribes being planned. Well, there will be a certain date that inshallah we will have that bribe on that day, and certain dawat on this day, and certain other function on that day. So Ramadan has become like a time for entertainment. Some years back, once while traveling in one Muslim country, there were huge, it was a month of Ramadan, and there were huge adverts all over the place. Adverts from eating out places. Iftar party, so much ahead, and everything laid out. So now this became a party time, that now this is already all being done for somebody. You just hire the place out, we'll lay the party out. In the process, people won't read the Maghrib also, they might not even read the Isha as well. And it's just an entertainment time. Now a person who opens his business for entertainment, he's going to run at a loss. In fact, he'll make no profit. The person who looks at Ramadan as a party time, that's all he'll get out of it. He'll get some party. But what the objective is, that will be lost. So therefore, the person who is starting off a business, first he knows what he wants. He wants to earn a profit. He has all these big, big aspirations of how much he wants to take out of this business. That in short time, he must be able to make this business produce for him what will buy him a house and buy him a car and get this done and get that done. So he's planning all these big, big castles in the air, which he hasn't yet even commenced that business, but this is his aspiration. So the month of Ramadan, the object Allah Ta'ala is giving us this month for, the objective of acquiring this wealth of taqwa. Here is this material wealth, here is this wealth of taqwa. If a person has this objective in front of him, so now that person who has that profit in front of him, he wants to make that profit, he wants to make this a gold mine. So now he's going about planning in advance. He's taking the time of others, make, consulting people, paying for that consultation, he is going in detailed planning to make this a gold mine. What planning have we done for the Mubarak month of Ramadan to acquire this wealth of taqwa? So this planning is required. What is this planning all about? That what is taqwa all about? That's the first part of the planning. If a person has understood what is taqwa, then he'll make some kind of effort to try and acquire it. Now, such a great occasion where Allah Ta'ala even changed the shayateen that look, you are not now allowed to interfere with my servants. And all the, the entire atmosphere is made conducive to this person becoming a true servant of Allah Ta'ala. The object of this month of Ramadan is this taqwa, which in very simple terms is for a person to become a true friend of Allah Ta'ala. This is what taqwa is all about. In awliya'uhu illa al-muttaqoon. In ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says that his friends are only the muttaqeen. So in the month of Ramadan, figuratively speaking, Allah Ta'ala is extending his hand of friendship. I want you to become my friend. We are saying, no, I want to have a party. I want to be doing other things. I got a lot of entertainment to be involved in. Allah Ta'ala is extending his hand of friendship, but we are more interested in other things. So what a deprivation. Can we imagine the mayor comes to say, I want to be your friend. We say, no, I'm too busy. Anybody who hears that, they'll say something is wrong with this person. Whereas that may is just as in need as us. Some person in some small position also says he wants to be our friend. We say, the right contact to make. You got this contact in hand, don't worry, you sort it out. Whereas that contact, very often he'll be engaged. We'll try everything to contact him, he'll be engaged. And sometimes he'll be also trying to contact somebody else. 
Whereas we have to get in contact with Allah Ta'ala. Now here in the month of Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala is extending His hand of friendship towards us, figuratively speaking. We are saying we are too busy. We are now planning some entertainment. We are planning where we are going to ha- have some kind of outing in the month of Ramadan. Then as they say, we've lost the plot. What is this month of Ramadan all about? As we mentioned, this wealth of taqwa, to understand this in the light of one hadith sharif. There are many, many aspects in this regard, which we have heard, which we will keep hearing for the rest of the Mubarak month as well. But just to understand it very briefly in the light of one hadith of Rasulullah In this hadith sharif, Nabi Islam makes a comparison. A comparison between two categories of people. One category, Nabi Islam says, Al-Qayyis, an intelligent person. Every single person wants to be intelligent. Every single person likes to be called intelligent. Nobody wants to be called the opposite. But on the one side, Nabi Islam says that who is an intelligent person? And then, on the opposite end, who is well ajiz? Who is a foolish person? Now, this is a comparison Nabi Islam is making. And he is giving the kind of diagnosis for each person to self-diagnose. That which category do I fall in? Am I intelligent? Am I foolish? And if a person has understood this, and then he embraces the Mubarak month of Ramadan to become intelligent, and to save himself from foolishness, then he will achieve the objective. So in this Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says, Al-Kayyisu mandana nafsa wa amila lima ba'd al-mawt That who is the intelligent person? The intelligent person is one who guards his nafs, who controls his nafs, who restrains his nafs. He restrains himself from those things which Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. He restrains himself from that which will cause him destruction in dunya, worse which will cause him destruction in akhirat. He restrains himself from all such things that will earn the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala. A person restrains himself from things that will displease his wife. He restrains himself that will displease things from that will displease his friend. So now that wife, that friend he wants to keep happy, will he restrain himself from that which will displease Allah? So now the person who does that, Nabi Islam says, Al Kayyis, he is an intelligent person. This is one person, an intelligent person. He is a person who is very far sighted. He sees way ahead. He is not looking at the moment, he is looking down the road. And on the other hand, well, Ajiz. Who is the Ajiz? The foolish person. Well, Ajizu man atba'a nafsahu hawaha. Watamanna alallah. The foolish person is one who just follows his desires. Very short sighted. He looks for the moment. Something is going to give me some excitement now, some fun now some kind of enjoyment now, then just make the best of it now, and then as we say, later on we'll cross that bridge when he comes to it. Somebody talks about death, say we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. No, that bridge we won't have to try crossing. We'll be made to cross it. Before we know it, we'll be made to cross it. And therefore Nabi Islam says, that the foolish person is the person who just keeps following his nafs. And he's not interested in anything else. Whatever his desire is, he wants to do it. The intelligent person, he is one who guards his nafs. 
And then the other part, Nabi Salaam mentions in this, وَأَمِلَ لِمَا بَعْدَ الْمَوْتِ The intelligent person is one who guards himself, restrains himself from things that are going to harm him. And he does that which will benefit him after death. Now this is a far-sighted person. He's looking way ahead. He's not short-sighted. He's not looking as far as his nose. He's looking way ahead. He's a far-sighted person. وَأَمِلَ الْمَوْتِ And the short-sighted person is looking at now. Now the month of Ramadan has come to make us intelligent. Has come to save us from this foolishness. In the month of Ramadan a person is made to fast. That from morning till evening, from dawn to dusk, he must keep this fast. And what is going to be taught in this? That now you restrain yourself. This food is halal. This drink that you have, this water, whatever other halal drink, it's halal 100%. Somebody is married, his wife is halal for him. But during this time of the fast, all this is now forbidden to you. Now you restrain yourself. Now the person, it's a very hot day, that water is now right in front of him, that cool water, that temptation is there. But now he's being taught, look, you be far-sighted. You don't look at now. You look at the time of iftar. The time of iftar is coming. So you keep yourself at guard now, you make some sabr, and then you'll enjoy the time of iftar. So now this person is being trained the whole day. You don't give in to the temptation of eating, drinking, etc., you wait for the time of iftar. Likewise, a mu'min is being taught that this is a little fast of this life of dunya. You keep your eyes fasted from looking at haram. You keep your ears fasted from listening to haram. Keep the fast of your heart from thinking and fantasizing haram, from planning haram. Just keep yourself within the limits of Shariat and Deen. Like you fasting during the whole day, you're keeping yourself within the limits of that fast. So be far-sighted. That just now will be the time of iftar, when the time of moth will come. Just now the time will come when I will have to meet Allah Ta'ala. And now if I just kept myself within these limits, then at that time, like the time when the Mu'azzin calls out the Maghrib Azan in the month of Ramadan, there's a sense of joy that just permeates and people who are now maybe involved in whatever but you just see everybody enjoying that iftar at that time and especially in the masjid at that time prior to that maybe everybody was being trying to be coaxed to be engaged in some dua at that time what a wonderful time of dua accepted time of dua but even at that time sometimes we are more engaged in our conversations and whatever else but there goes the azan and it's pin drop silence only thing you can hear is chewing so that's in a kind of enjoyment at the time of that iftar, the time of iftar from this fast of dunya, from all the haram that a person restrained himself from, when the time of that moth comes and that announcement is made that is now, that glad tidings is given to him, Ya ayyatuhal nafsul mutma'inna, irji'i ila rabbiki radiyatam mardiyya, fadkhuli fi ibadi, wadkhuli jannati, your time of your iftar has come. No restrictions in jannat for you now. You go and, oh soul that has pleased Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala is pleased with you. Now you return to your Rabb. And you return, enter into my pious, among my pious servants. Fadkhuli jannati. Now you may go and enjoy the bounties of Jannah. So this is being taught to us that be far-sighted. Don't look at only the now. This now is very deceptive. This is a very deceptive now that enjoy yourself now. Later we'll see what it is. 
the ulama kiram the mashayikh, give one example of one person. He was rushing, running away from one wild animal. He's being chased by a wild animal. So he climbs on tree, quickly climbs on tree to escape this wild animal. He looks down at the root of the tree. It's a thin stem and there are two mice that are now gnawing away at this root. And they are non-stop gnawing away. <coughs> As it is on a tree and these two mice are gnawing away. And that wild animal is waiting for him. And then he looks up, suddenly he sees one hive. And there is this honey dripping from it. So he takes a, he allows it to drip into his mouth and he gets so enthralled by the sweetness of this honey, he forgets about this wild animal and there's one big hole waiting for him down there and this mice that are there gnawing away, he forgets about all this. He says, let's enjoy this honey. Whatever else will happen, will happen. And in the meantime, this root is being gnawed away, suddenly this breaks and this wild animal pounces on him and he falls into that hole and that's the end of it in terms of that particular moment. See, this is our situation in dunya. That Malakul Maut is behind us. And these two mice, one black and one white mice, this is a day and night, that are gnawing away at the tree of our life. And every moment they are gnawing away at it. And, a, and we are just so enthralled with this honey of dunya, with all the temptations of dunya and all the leisures and pleasures of dunya. And we forgot about this mice of night and day that are gnawing away the root of our life and we forgot Malakul Maut is behind us and we forgot this hole of cover is waiting for us and suddenly the time is up. Our person says I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. He doesn't have to cross any bridge. He'll be made to cross it. He'll be already past that bridge before he knows it. So this Mubarak month of Ramadan is at our doorstep to prepare for that. Al-Kayyisu Mandan Anafsa to be far-sighted. One is a path that the person is walking on it's a path which is a little narrow. There are some thorny bushes on the side. A person has to walk very carefully. But as he's walking, it starts widening up. And then he can see from the distance now. It's widening up even more. And then the thorns are suddenly all away. Then he starts, he can see way in the distance, there's flowers as well. So now he has got this one path in front of him. There's another path, very, very spacious, full of flowers and trees and very, very lush lawn. But he can see from the distance it's getting narrower as he goes forward. And as it gets further down, he can see there's bushes and there's thorns and there's some animals and whatever else. Now one person says, look, enjoy this luscious trees and flowers and garden and this lawn. And keep walking now, enjoy it. When you come down the road, we'll worry about it when you get there. And the other person is saying, look, this is a bit narrow now. Yeah, you've got to walk carefully because there's thorny bushes on the side. You've got to walk on the path. You can't allow yourself to stray. But it doesn't matter. I'd rather walk here now because you can see down the road is getting wider. There's a garden down the road. So it doesn't matter. Be careful now. Enjoy the garden later. Now, this is the two paths we have. One is to get engrossed in dunya and the temptations of dunya and all the haram leisures and pleasures and say when later we'll come down the road, we'll see. I can see all the destruction down the road due to the engrossment in all the haram. But you say, no, when we get there, we'll see. And the other person says, look, just stay within these limits of Shariat now. All these thorns on the side, which are all the temptations, all the haram, just stay away from it. Walk carefully. But if you walk carefully now, you can see the garden lower down. This is the intelligent person. That is the foolish person. So this is what the month of Ramadan has come to make us intelligent. By training us in this, with this fast, 
by training us, by restraining us from those halal things during the course of the day, during the day, to prepare us to refrain from every haram throughout our life, and in this way become truly intelligent. To do that which will benefit us after that. Otherwise, we'll fall in the category of the foolish. We'll want to enjoy the moment, and for that moment of pleasure, we'll put ourselves in a lifetime of distress in dunya and destroy our akhirat as well. May Allah Tabarak wa Taala give us a tawfiq that from now we start planning and preparing for this month of Ramadan. As we said right at the beginning, for the benefit of those who might not have heard that part, that that person was very busy preparing for that one function of his, and why he was preparing because of that motto of his, those five or six P's. And that motto of his was that proper prior planning prevents pathetic performance. Now let us think about the month of Ramadan and our preparation. What is going to be our performance in the month of Ramadan? He was preparing for dunya, that his dunya must go right. And he was in a really hectic schedule to prepare for the dunya of his. Everything must go very smoothly. He must get the maximum out of what he was trying to get. So he was now living by this motto, that proper prior planning prevents pathetic performance. What is going to be our performance at the end of Ramadan? What our scorecard is going to tell us? And that is the scorecard on the side of Allah Ta'ala. So we need to plan, we need to prepare, we need to make our full preparation by making sincere toba from now. Planning our time of Ramadan to maximize it for ibadat. Whatever work we have to do, etc. will happen, but the maximum time for ibadat, maximum time spending in deen, for the efforts of deen, keeping ourselves far